1: who is it the middle segment of the show where we pick someone up for a ride this week we called up an old friend mr dylan brewster he's a standout athlete from his hometown starting out in his collegiate career as team manager and putting in the work to achieve preferred walk-on status and eventually becoming a full scholarship student he's come a long way and we are excited to have him check out what we had to talk about this is the big red van
2: stopped for a ride and actually we went a little bit further south. We went south yep. this time on i-75 take a trip down to Chattanooga, a place that we frequent every single day and Malcolm where you live and lay your head down. To catch up with a friend of mine and someone that has significant, interesting history, history with him. I say significant because it was a significant time in my life. My daughter was just born and it was an opportunity for me to get into coaching. Dylan, significant for him because it was his sophomore, junior, senior year of his high school life, which is just an incredible time in your life. He was a player, actually, former standout is a better way of putting it, for the Lenore City High School basketball team. He now is a guard for the UTC Mox basketball team down in Chattanooga, Mr. Dylan Brewster.
3: What's going on?
2: Thanks a lot for joining us, man. It's so good to catch up with you in this way. You've done a podcast back in your time at LC, so this is going to be really fun to catch up with you. The way that we do it is just kind of go around the room and ask you some questions. So I'll say this a million times. Thank you for your time, but we're just going to jump in. Is that good with you? Sounds good. All right, man. So I referenced you playing for me in high school. Why don't you just tell everybody, what was your favorite game from high school?
3: From high school in general? Uh, it was probably the time I, uh, I was able to score 52 points in a game. That was, I, was, uh,
2: I was hoping it was going to be the 50-point game. <laughs> God,
3: that, was a, that was a whole lot of fun. It was better because we won. It was, at, it was just at a Christmas tournament in Harriman, too. I, was, I shot the ball pretty well that game.
2: You'd say, you're so modest.
3: How many threes did you hit? 13? Uh, no, that game I only had, I think I had eight that game. Only game. And the school record was uh, was nine for Dylan Powers, had nine mm. uh, a couple years before me. So I wasn't able to get that record, but I was able to get the, the school record for points, which was, it was good. Teammates got me open, so I was just able to execute.
2: And you got to the line and knocked down your free throws. Definitely, definitely. That was an important part of it. You were a scrappy little player in high school.
3: Uh, I tried to be. I tried to play hard. That's, that's just sort of how I roll, just sort of play hard as, as long as I can.
2: So talk to us about how you went to UTC as a preferred walk-on and then earned yourself a scholarship.
3: Well, before the preferred walk-on, uh, my freshman year, I was a manager for the, for the team. So I was doing laundry, sweeping the floor, doing all that fun stuff, helping out during practice, wherever they needed me to rebound or, or pass or do whatever I needed to do to, to help out. And that was the year we won the Southern Conference Championship. Right. And then the, the year after that, I was uh, Coach was McCall. The,
2: was that the year you all went to the tournament? Lost in the first yeah, round we, of Florida?
3: Uh, we lost to uh, Indiana. Indiana. That year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The four yeah.
2: seed. You guys were the 13, right?
3: Uh, we were the... 12-5. No, yeah. We were the 12-5 that That's year. That's right. Okay. Because mm. Kentucky was the four seed, and they played Stony Brook after mm. us. But I was a manager there that first year, and then I was fortunate enough to... Uh, Coach McCall decided to put me on on the team as a walk-on the next year. And uh, we had a pretty decent year. I think we were 19 and 13 or something like that. Not as good as we we wanted to be, but we we had a decent year. And then uh, this year, Coach Paris, our new coach from Wisconsin, felt the need to put me on scholarship. So that was uh, was definitely good news.
2: Yeah, man, that was so awesome to see that. So proud of you for that. And the way I remember you, if I had to uh, describe you to anybody else, one of the most fierce competitors that I have ever been able to be around. Uh, I mean, the way that you conducted yourself in practice to the way that you conducted yourself in post-game interviews with people or with your friends and family, the way that you were able to turn it on and turn it off. I mean, you got a dog in you, man, that is I, I don't think that you could ever value that enough. And for you to be able to go from manager to scholarship, that's incredible. Proud of you, dude. That's cool.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it. It was uh, it was definitely a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You think being a manager is not going to be too fun, but, but uh, it was a blast and it helped that we were good. Got to beat some some pretty good teams, go to some pretty cool places. The NCAA tournament, we played at Iowa State that year, at Illinois, at Georgia, at Dayton. Hmm. At Dayton was the best atmosphere. It was awesome.
0: So I got a question for you. What does a pregame look like for you, whether it's your meal or your warm-up song or any rituals that you go through?
3: So last year, we had. We always have pregame meal. It was four hours before the game. Mm-hmm no matter the time or anything like that. So if we had a noon game, we would still have pregame meal at eight o'clock and it would just be like breakfast or something like that. But, uh, uh, and normally we would have shoot around before that. So we would go, we go to shoot around, have our pregame meal. Um, and then we would normally get to the game. If it's an away game, like an hour and a half before and just sort of shoot around, do your own thing, listen to music. I don't necessarily have anything I listen to. I just sort of go into the arena and listen to whatever they play. But at home, I would always get out there probably two and a half hours before the game and just shoot. I do I do a couple things um, before the game just to make sure I'm, I'm feeling loose, feeling good, and then stretch, do anything like that, and then we start our actual team warm-up with like 35 minutes on the clock But before the game.
2: that's something that you do to get loose. It's the same something before every game, right?
3: Definitely. I definitely stay in a routine. I do like spot shooting or different drills. Uh, that, I, that I like to do before games. I have some.
1: If you didn't do basketball, then what else would you do?
3: Like sports-wise or just anything? Yeah, I mean, it
1: could be another sport, but more just like, obviously, basketball's a big passion of yours, if I had to uh, take a guess. But if
3: basketball wasn't your passion, what would be the second thing? I'd probably say golf. I like golf. I'm really uh, really big in the golf scene. I played a little bit in high school. I wasn't very good, and I was getting better at basketball, so I was like, "Let's just stick with that." But I really, <laughs> I really enjoy uh, golf. That's probably the big thing. That I, I mean, other than basketball, that, that I'm sort of into. And then, uh, well, my girlfriend and her family—they ride horses. They do uh, barrel racing and things like that. Mm. And I, I've actually really come to enjoy that a whole lot. So that's sort of another thing that's that's been fairly recent.
2: Huh? Like the racing?
3: Uh, it's barrel racing. Yeah. I mean, usually. They, they just run in the the arena and right. sort of do the pattern around the barrels. And it's for time. It's it's a it's pretty fun. I'm not. It's a whole lot of fun. Heck yeah! So you know, I've been
2: told having a long, lanky frame myself that basketball players make a pretty easy transition into golf. So not to say that golf is easy, but just just the way that we are built athletically with our frame, getting into golf is pretty easy. So what's your
3: handicap? What's my handicap, man? Let's see. I don't play very often. I played a lot this summer with our uh, graduate assistant here at Chattanooga, Mike Huggins. But uh, let's see. I mean, I'm nor- we're normally, me and him both probably shoot around 84, so like a 12. I would right. say something like that.
2: That's pretty solid, Dylan, for somebody that has a tight schedule of practice in the school and stuff. You're still holding it's, the 84. I think you're in good shape, man.
3: It's not. It's not always there. Sometimes it's very high. Sometimes it's a little lower, but that's sort of, I would say that's sort of, where we sort of live normally when we're playing
2: i kind of live in the hundreds unless it's on some cupcake course so (laughs) you're in good shape so let's switch up a little bit um what's your favorite nfl team
3: nfl team you know i guess the titans i don't know i I really like marcus Mariota. i think he's not only a really good quarterback but a a solid guy too so Hmm. we'll go with the titans i guess i don't necessarily have a team but i just watch it
2: so do you think that it's crazy how Mariota and Carr are like injury
3: connected yeah, they both get hurt at the same time. It's definitely weird. That's for sure.
2: Super weird. So who do they go to for their backup? Let's say Mariota's is out six months.
3: Well, I mean they have Matt Castle, which he's shown some bright spots, I guess, uh, in his career. I mean he was really good with the Patriots that one year. Tom Brady got hurt with the the ACL. Mm. They went ten and six, I think, and it wasn't too bad. So that's where they're they're going. So, but I saw something. He's like day to day, so that would I saw be that good too. to get him back.
2: I saw that too. I'm hoping he's my fantasy quarterback. So I'm, I'm hoping that he is, and and because he's a good, like you said, he's a good guy. So first and foremost, I said that fantasy comment, you know, kind of as a joke, but uh, first and foremost, because he's such a good guy. But let me ask you this follow up: Does a guy whose last name that rhymes with uh, slappernick does
3: he fit that system? Uh, yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> But the thing is, you can fit the system to anybody. But, yes, he does. I mean, he would. That would be, like, right down there at the the alley that they already have in there. Oh, Oh, yeah. I I would think he would.
2: I think that's an interesting question that people are going to have to answer in the Nashville area lately. You know, if Mary has that extended amount of time.
0: Staying with um, professional sports, though, I want to know what you're thinking about all these moves in the NBA.
3: Well, uh, I'm actually a Celtics fan, so. I really, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I think Kyrie, uh. Kyrie's definitely going to help, but uh, it stinks. You get to you have to get rid of IT, Jay Crowder, and uh, of course it is that you don't know what he has necessarily yet, but that Nets 2018 pick,
0: and Danny Angel's um, draft picks. And you lost Avery Bradley too.
3: Yeah, with Marcus Morris. But Marcus Morris fits a, a good mold that Brad Stevens likes. He likes guys that can, can switch and play different positions and yeah. sort of score from everywhere, so that helps. But the NBA in general, it's crazy. It really is. All the moves that are – or all the moves that were made. And, uh, man, the West is pretty loaded.
2: Yeah. They're all stacking up for one reason, though.
3: They're going after right. one monster. Right. The the Warriors are definitely what everybody's going after.
2: So are you upset that you lost Isaiah Thomas? Uh, I wouldn't say upset because
3: I was, as a Celtics fan, I was sort of thinking after this year he's up for a big-time pay increase and you would have to end up, the Celtics would have had to end up getting rid of avery bradley one of avery bradley marcus smart or it to be able to to make that contract work with what was going on with hayward and horford and looking at getting some other guys so it was going to come to fruition at some point with one of those guys leaving and then it ended up having two guys leave right but it he was he was awesome to watch it was nuts he just a little dude out there getting buckets yeah, it was it was fun to watch.
2: So, but somebody like yourself that enjoys playing defense, watching a player like that's got to frustrate you sometimes.
3: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't for it was not lack of effort either. It was just he was just so small, and you couldn't switch him onto different guys, mm. and and that was really the thing. And it's nothing that he could do. You know, I mean, he just played. You just play as hard as you can on a defensive end, and I think I felt like he played hard. It was just physically had limitations against different guys.
2: Right, Kyrie doesn't solve that problem, but it should be interesting. It should be really interesting. So let me again switch it up a little bit. Tell me one thing about your generation that
3: you love. <sighs> that's I needed some forewarning on that. That that's a uh, <laughs> that's some pretty deep thought there.
2: Well, I know that I if I would have said one thing that you hate, you probably could have given me a couple right off the top.
3: Uh. I don't even know that I could do that. That's that's deep. But normally, I just sort of stick to sports, just do just watch sports and come <laughs> up with stuff on that. But uh, one thing that I love about the generation—wow—I I, I would feel like I feel like this generation is uh, pretty pretty nice to each other in the in the grand scheme of things. I don't know. That's sort of what I've got going through my mind at this point. <laughs> I have no idea.
2: Well, I like the younger generation for how much into the future they think
3: yeah that's a that's a really good take there i like that uh i th- yeah that's sort of something that that think that i think that we're always trying to improve something which could be good and bad in certain situations but uh I think that's something that's pretty good
0: all right I got one so besides you putting lenore City on the map, what else um <laughs> i'm serious now dylan i'm serious i don't
3: know about that there's plenty of good guys good basketball players at least and good football players we had some good players come through well
0: tell me some other things you enjoy about lenore city oh okay that's a question you need hey i'm from
1: here too and
3: uh yeah i I know that response (laughs) i mean i i really like the people i mean the people are nice good people good solid hard-working people um and then all the people I went to school with is, is sort of something there. And I mean, it's grown up a lot from just from when I was remembering things. And now there's all sorts of stuff. Got a Chick fil A. Unbelievable. <laughs> Stuff's popping up like crazy. Dude, yeah. The Chick fil A was huge. <laughs> that was a big time get. Definitely. I agree. Oh uh, Well, hey,
1: I got one for you. So, you know, since you're from the South and you're a little small town, what's something that you do that is still the old fashioned way of doing it? Well, like at school,
3: I always take notes on a piece of paper. I don't, I don't use my computer very often. I guess that's old. I mean, that's pretty old fashioned. I guess <laughs> that's I, old fashioned.
0: I, I, Apparently, I, yeah.
3: I, don't, I just take notes on on a piece of paper. But other than that, I don't know. I mean, when I, I sometimes I help out uh, my girlfriend's dad get some hay. You know, other I guess that's old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> um, manual labor. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah just a little manual know. labor.
0: Hey, talking more a little bit about high school basketball, I'm going to put Wade on the spot too with this, but what is your favorite moment from Wade, from him coaching you and everything? He's told me some uh, of his off air with the whole team and whatnot, but I want to know some of yours with him.
3: Really? Honestly, it was so funny. I remember I remember the first day he, he came in and we were having conditioning. Hmm. And I, we were running, oh. and we were like, "Who is this guy?" It was it was early morning, and we were like, "Who is this guy?" And then all of a sudden, he's our assistant coach. But no, it was uh, man, there were a lot of them. It was a whole lot of fun. I would say honestly, it was probably like after the games, he would sometimes he would call me, and we would just sort of talk about the game, talk about what we needed to do differently, and different things like that. I I remember those; those were those probably stick out the most.
0: Mm. Anything else
2: like your final game senior year at home?
3: Yeah, that was. Uh, I th- Did we play loud in that game? I think we might have. Might have been a rivalry game. Hmm. I don't even know, but yeah, it was uh, it's definitely weird. You play for that long, and then all of a sudden, you're just done playing.
2: Yeah, that's exactly the feeling I felt, man. It's just
3: you just over. play and play, and then boom, you're done. It's pretty hard. Fortunately, hmm. I've been able to extend my career a little bit, and it's. I definitely don't take it for granted, you know. Just gotta. I honestly, I just enjoy working on basketball, going to the gym. It's a whole lot of fun to me. Yeah.
0: So something from high school that I enjoyed a lot was different phrases. Like there are some phrases that your coaches will say that just stick out to you forever. Um, Whether it was something funny that they said, like, really, did he just say that? Or something to the effect of that has a personal effect on you and ends up being something you carry throughout your daily life and whatnot. So I'd I'd like to know if you have any of those, you know, of any funny moments or... Anything specific that stands out to you that one of your coaches said?
3: Uh, I guess, well, this is not basketball. This is baseball. but That's fine, too. uh, My freshman year, I was playing baseball, and me and uh, Rashawn Talent was the kid's name. We'd always played. We played on a travel baseball team, middle school. And I'd always played shortstop, and he'd always played third base. And I remember my JV coach, he came up, and he was like, no, you're not going to play shortstop. You're going to play third base. You're too short to play shortstop. And I was like, what? That I've never heard of that before in my life. So he just switches me and Rashawn up in the middle of the like first practice we had. And we both looked at each other like, what is this guy doing? We've always played shortstop and third base. But uh, that's something that sticks out just like funny. It was just like, hold on, what? Basketball-wise, well, my junior year, super successful, to say the least. Mm. Right, Coach? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, rough. <laughs> we ran we ran the, the well they call it the system. It was basically just fast paced basketball. No defense. Not very much. Tried to trap and different tried things like that. And that was just always that was just a weird year for me, honestly. The whole thing was just like, Why do we not play defense? I'm so confused. Did you guys but, even press? Well we would press and but we would always trap and trap and trap. We, and we would just try it was we just tried to create chaos, really. Huh. But we ended up giving up a good amount of layups.
2: You were always just chasing the ball, is what it ended up being.
3: Yeah, we didn't. I mean, we didn't run it the right way. It was it was just a weird year in, mm. in general, and that was just sort of something that has stuck with me. Just I was always just like confused at the, what we were trying to do as a team. That's not necessarily like a saying like you were wanting or anything. That was just a whole year of what kind of uh, basketball. We wanted to play as a team.
2: Sure. I mean, but you definitely came out of it a better player. You still, through all of that, still got better. So that kind of I, – I have to believe that that helped to get you where you are today. Hmm. Um, I will never forget my high school basketball coach saying this phrase that I still use these days. He would always say to us, that, and this is when he was running us you know, Dog ass tired till we were puking Or whatever He would tell us that mental is to physical As three is to one And he would repeat that phrase to us And until I was an adult I didn't truly get it and then it was like, oh, okay, I, I truly do get it. You know, whatever your mind can get through, your body can get through too. And he's trying to tell us that as, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old boys. And when you're puking from running, <laughs> you don't think about, you know, mental and
3: physical and ratios and things like that. Hmm. Now that I, Now that you say that, I actually remember you saying that a couple of times. Not Maybe not to the entire team, but at least to me or to different guys. And they would come to me and they'd be like, man, Coach Van was saying this. And I don't really get it. I'm sure it means something, man. You just got to think about it. Uh, No, yeah, I actually do remember that now that you say that.
2: It's crazy because, again, it doesn't mean the same to you as a 17- or 18-year-old kid as it does to a 30-year-old man after you've been through life and college and whatever. But What's the biggest difference between college professors and high school teachers?
3: Uh, Let's see. I mean, I guess high school teachers would sort of – it's not that college professors don't help you when you need it, but it's more hands-on during the actual class. Mm. And college professors just sort of get your notes. If you don't understand it, then you better come to me in office hours or figure it out on your own sort of thing. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I've, been, I've been pretty fortunate, though. I've had a lot of really good professors here. College professors do not force you to succeed.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's
3: a good way to put it, yeah.
2: They are going to get their paycheck regardless the high school mm. teachers, they're so, their paycheck and their you know career their contract or whatever is so hinged on their results that they do have to be that hands-on. And college professors are like, well, those that are going to flunk out are going to flunk out. If you don't show up to class <laughs> and that's on you, I don't mm. care. Yeah. I'm going to teach to who shows up, and I'm going to teach it the way I'm going to teach it. Yeah. You're going to learn it or you're not going to learn it.
3: Mm. Yeah, definitely.
2: Hey,
1: so – What's the most memorable moment you had playing high school basketball with your teammates that just is the one thing that you're never going to forget?
3: Okay. It was my senior year. We were playing, I think we were playing West in a district tournament at Maryville to secure a spot in the the region tournament. Of course, we were still going to keep playing in the district tournament, but it was to be a top four team. And, Man, that game was just a whole lot of fun. I just remember everybody was clicking, and we ended up beating them by I think like fifteen or something like that. Hmm. Everybody played great, and I remember we walked out of the locker room, and all of our fans were just sort of sitting there, and they just clapped for all of us coming out. And it was like, "Dang, that's a that's that was pretty awesome," you know. And it was a, it was a big thing that I I remember that moment a lot, probably more than any of them. That's awesome.
2: That's pretty cool. Certain ones stand out to you, and it's crazy how. The reasons behind them. Because, of course, you're going to remember your big games or your big losses. But when it comes to favorite moments, it shows when other people gave effort. He said when my teammates played well and when other people were out there waiting for me like it's just funny that that's the appreciation that athletes get and they work so hard and go into the gym odd hours to m- get better at their craft because they love it but also to because other people enjoy watching them play. Yeah, there's
1: something special about like you said you you knew you clicked that day. Like you just the rhythm was there and you felt it and then to, at the end of it get genuine cheers and praise for doing something you knew that you did well just feels freaking
3: good hmm. <laughs> like that's that's a good feeling mm-hmm. yeah that game was awesome I remember actually Rashawn he played awesome that game I want to say he had like his career high like something like 25 points or something like that I don't know my granddad's got a write-up of it I'm sure so he'll tell me <laughs> if I'm wrong or not but it yeah I remember that it was uh, that like, game and that was pretty awesome
1: well he fact-checked emailed the podcast on us on that one yeah
3: uh, uh he may just email me but yeah he'll let me know if I was wrong for sure.
2: So do you have any uh I'm not going to make you pick a favorite teammate over the you know public airwaves but do you have any crazy teammates currently at UTC or anybody that's the clown or
3: have any funny stories? Uh funny stories uh man I've got a lot of them but uh one that stands <laughs> out is uh is one of my it was he was my roommate last year Andrew Fleming he was a transfer from Iowa came down here and and me and me and him were actually really good buddies but uh i don't know why he did this but he we were warming up and we were just about to go break it down to start our practice and he just jumped over we were in the arena and they had it set up for the game and he just jumped over the chairs and ended up falling and busted it bad <laughs> and everybody just started dying laughing because it was the most Inopportune time to do it. He was just trying to get everybody to have a good time because uh, I, I want to say we lost the game before that. So he was trying to lighten the mood a little bit, and that everybody just started. Everybody lost it, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> Andrew, let's see. Yeah, he transferred this past year. He's at Lipscomb now, but he's definitely he's one of my good buddies. I text him pretty regularly.
1: <laughs> that's funny. You so you're talking about he did that with an arena full of
3: people, also. It was with well, there were some people there watching it, but it was at practice and oh. and I remember I mean he was he was just sort of a he was sort of the the guy that lightened the mood all the time for the team. And I and it was just like, Man, what are you doing? You know we just lost the game last night and you're coming out here doing that. But yeah, it was it was funny.
2: So without giving away any competitive advantage to say coaches like Nick Saban, what are your practices like?
3: Um it's. I mean, it's just high intensity. Um, we work on the fundamentals. Fundamentals, really. Just trying to do everything right as as much as we can. Um, being able to make the right decision. Different things like that. And we just sort of do it over. If we do it over and over and over again, and then we get to where it's easy. Not or not easy, but it's just routine. It's second nature um, to do the fundamentals. Then that's what allows to 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 win more games, and that's really what we've been working on—just the fundamentals. It's uh, it's crazy. I mean, you think college basketball? Why are you working on passing and cutting, and you should be working on running this play so you can get this bucket? But I mean, this—we've been working on the fundamentals, and it's been awesome. We've we've made some some big strides.
2: It's amazing. Those are all the parts that make up the whole. And once you get those down and then you can more refine your craft to where you're working on situational basketball. Because like you said, everything else is muscle memory. I mean, playing the game of basketball is playing the game of basketball. Yes, there's plays and there's things like that, but if you can play the game of basketball without having to think, then those situational times and those situational executions are a lot easier to do,
3: correct? Right. And then, you know, if 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 we get to the point where we just play basketball. We may not have to run a play, and then the defense can't scout it, and they don't even know what's coming. And we may not know what's coming three plays from now, but we know that we're going to be able to execute that because we work on the fundamentals. Correct.
2: You trust yourself. and Muscle memory kicks in. So what do you want to be when you grow up, Dylan? That's a good
3: question. I mean, I came here. I want to coach. I want to coach college, Really? Um, but I know it's a tough field there's a, uh, there's pretty everybody wants to be able to make all that money and, and just coach basketball for a living. It's crazy how that works, but it's a
2: hard, hard, hard life though.
3: There yeah might be, definitely it is. There might um, be a few openings here soon. Yeah that's <laughs> that scandals pretty crazy. but uh, I, I want to do that and then if that stuff doesn't work out, I'm a communication major here at UTC so sports radio or hmm. you know things like that or something I'm looking at sort of a ba- as a backup, if that makes sense.
0: It makes total sense. You want to coach um, Tennessee football? I think there's an opening in that.
3: <laughs> uh, I do not. I I would not be very good. I don't know much about I know a little about football, enough to be a fan, but uh, or be a, a pretty decent fan, know, know what's going on, but I don't know the ins and outs, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, you don't want that pressure, man.
3: You don't want that.
2: <laughs> so who's your favorite coach then? Who do you draw inspiration from, or who do you like the most?
3: Brad Stevens. Mm. definitely Brett Stevens is uh he's definitely the coach that that I look at and think you know that's he's mm. he's he's pretty good he's pretty good
0: man those are sure. days
3: yeah, it's funny as you say, Butler. I mean, I watch Butler over the summer. I was watching Butler full games on YouTube just to look at sort of different things he did with that team and all the other teams. And then obviously, I watch as many Celtics games as I can just to see what he does out of timeouts or how that, he handles things.
2: That situational basketball I was talking
3: about, man, he is a oh, he's a wizard with that. He's one of the best. And then I don't know if you've man, there's a book. I, uh it's not called the Butler Way. I think it's called Lead Like Butler. And uh he didn't write it but he p- helped helped the guy put it together. And uh it's a really good book. I read it and I was like, Man, he's got it figured out, you know. I mean not saying he's perfect, but he knows what's he knows where his bread's buttered and, and knows that it's about the people, it's about the players, you know, and that that was that was big for me. They've got the Butler Way in there, which is they've got six pillars or, or I can't even think of them right now, but it, those are, if, if you get a chance, look at the Butler way, it's pretty good stuff. And, um, that was something that was big for me. Of course. I mean, you you draw from a little bit from everybody, but Brad Stevens is definitely the guy that, that I think is, is one of the best
2: one for sure. But what, do you know his uh, history and how he got into coaching what he was doing before coaching?
3: Yeah, he was a financial consultant, uh, right? And then he was a volunteer assistant at Butler and worked at the Applebee's, and then he was able to get promoted to an assistant, and then the opening came, and, and he took advantage. I figured that you knew
2: that. I knew a little bit. I didn't know the Applebee's part.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was a server at Applebee's there for a little bit um, while he was a volunteer assistant. That is so, so crazy.
2: and so awesome because he's so smart, so analytical. But again, man, doing what I do and me being an adult now – Uh, It's just to hear you use the phrase about one of the best coaches currently in basketball, that it's about the people. Do you have any idea how many times I hear that in the business world, that it's about the people? And it's just crazy how it doesn't change. (laughs) No matter what you're doing, you're dealing with people. So it's going to always be, whether it's music, it's clothing, or it's basketball, it's going to be about the people that you're dealing with. That's, That's really cool. That may have been one of the biggest things that I've taken away from everything you've said tonight, man.
3: I don't know. I I just uh, I just try to do the right thing, really. That's sort of what I think about it. And, and really, what made me want to coach, which is weird, is uh, I was coaching my cousin, City League Basketball. It was actually before that, me, Jordan Hall, Stephen Halcom and Garrett Cheatham, they needed to coach for that, this eight, nine-year-old team. and it was a whole lot of fun. And then I coached my cousin for two more years after that. <laughs> Me and Garrett and, and my uncle, we would dress up. We'd wear shirt and tie to the city league game at noon. Yep. And uh, get out there and coach them up. And that and I was just like, man, this is a whole lot of fun. And this is sort of you get to see the you get to see them and, the, and they don't really grasp it. And then all of a sudden it clicks, and you're just like, yes, you know, now I don't I don't have to harp this anymore. You completely get it. And then you win some games. Of course, it doesn't matter because they just continue to get better and get better and get better. And that's sort of where it's at.
2: Well, I mean, at that level and really at all levels, when you get somebody to give you effort as a coach, what more can you ask for? I mean, yes, execution and I can teach you how to do this and teach you how to do that. But effort and attitude are the two things that people control more than anything in life. And when you're a coach and you see those things as a positive, that's that's the rewarding part for a coach is the effort and attitude you get.
3: It definitely is, and speaking on that, we would do the uh, man. I don't even know what the drill's called, but it's it's the one. I think it's called the Iron Man drill. But Shaka Smart did it when they won the Final Four, and it was you go dive on the ball. Then you come back, you take a charge, and you play one-on-one defense or something like that. Right, We did that a couple times, and the kids were like, yeah, we just get to pummel each other, you know? <laughs> but then in the game, there were a couple kids that tried to take some charges, and it was just like, yes, you know? That's awesome. It, it translates, and then it's just, it's just fun to watch.
2: Translates all the way up, man. Translates into you doing your thing the effort that you gave i'm here to help out coach to accepting your scholarship from your coach so congratulations again dylan thank you so much for joining us for tonight i'm sure you've got some things to do we've had you on the phone for 40 minutes now so i'm gonna let you get back to your life you're a busy man but can't thank you enough for coming in. So,
0: thank you so much, Dylan.
2: Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dylan. I'll well, do it whenever. Perfect.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to do it again. So
2: get your teammates to listen to us. I'll do it. Not all I'll the, do it. not all the time, but sometimes. And we uh, we don't we stay away from politics most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks a lot, man. You have a good night, all right? You too. Man, another great interview with another interesting person. I really wish him all the best this season. Uh, everybody you can see The UTC Mox, they get started this year. The season kicks off on November 10th, but their first home game at McKenzie Arena is going to be on November 16th. I'm sure tickets are on sale now, but you can go ahead and come see those guys. Uh, New coach, new style. It's going to be very interesting. But give this man a follow, at Dylan Brewster52 on Twitter. Please go see the Mox this year. Support them. Very, very fun program. The city of Chattanooga really knows how to have a good time and get behind their sports teams I wish them all the best. Uh, Dylan, thank you again. And everybody else, we're going to catch you on the next one.